Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Chris Evans here. A big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast. Coming up on this week's edition of The Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky, Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen discuss playing Timon and Pumba in the new Lion King film. Snow Patrol's frontman Gary Lightbody chats their new music and spills some details about their upcoming tour. And David Williams talks his new book, The World's Worst Teachers. Plus loads more great guests. Enjoy, my friends, enjoy. Now, ladies and gentlemen, roll up, roll up. Are you sitting comfortably? Vassos, who do we have on the show live with us from the top of the tower next? 25 years after its original release, the brand new live action remake of The Lion King is out this Friday. Here to tell us about it are two of the finest comedy actors around, playing two of the finest comedy characters ever created. Please welcome the marvellous Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Oh. How are you both today? Good. Great great, great intro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of passion. I know. I want that everywhere. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Our usual voiceover guy is off today for the first time since we started doing the show, and that was Vassos just mm. ad hocking uh, there. Wow. You should do it. Well you, done. You found your calling. Thank so you. I will the, take that. Well, if the voiceover guy is listening on his holiday, uh, you <laughs> might need to get, on holiday. Or get back here very, very soon. The choice is yours. Rachel took her children to see your film. Oh, this is Rachel at Rachel Horn Rainbow. Okay, and here's what little Tom. How's Tom? Tom's ten. Tom thought. Here's what Tom thought. My favorite part of the Lion King movie was that the meerkat and the warthog were really funny, especially when the warthog farted. I rate it five out of five. That's great. Oh, Look at that. That's not just the fart. That's the film he rates five out of five. That's good. <laughs> yeah. The fart also was a five out of five. Okay. Uh, his, how is Dara? Six. Dara, six. My favourite parts in The Lion King were when they had a big fight at the end and when Mufasa fought the hyenas, I would rate it five out of five. Oh. <laughs> oh. Do you want one more? Yeah. Okay, I, but this how is was, great. How was Barney? He's it. Okay, and Barney had to birthday party over the weekend yeah a nerf gun themed birthday party Whoa, in our fun. garden oh, that okay. sounds great and he was looking forward to that and his mum made him go and see Lion King before and he thought I don't want to see Lion King I just want my nerf gun party however this he went to see it and this happened my name is Barney I'm eight years old and my favourite part of the Lion King was how realistic for animals look <laughs> It was much better than the cartoon, so I give it five out of five. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's, that's 15 Help. out of 15. That's oh, like the super yeah. over. Go on. Yeah, exactly. Is he certified on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I need that review. The boys absolutely loved it. And oh. they, like Barney said, the most incredible thing was how realistic it was, yeah. how amazing it, it was like watching a nature documentary. And I mean, is it live action? Is it animation? Is it CGI? I mean, is any of it real or is it all just? computer generated it is computer it generated. is all computer generated but yes. it looks stunningly real i mean it's unlike anything you've ever seen yeah and the and we're real the performances yeah. the voice humans. actors yes are the voice real. actors yes. are real now when you do your voice acting because quite often with animations all the actors record their links separately but timon and pumba are such a, a little duo and so clearly bouncing off each other did you guys do that together in the studio we did yeah we were together virtually the whole time which is very rare and when we did hakuna matata donald glover was there too Aww. we were all there together and you can feel it when you're watching the movie Aww. yeah you, we got to all sing together in a room which for me was both a nightmare and <laughs> and a wonderful <laughs> experience and we got to improvise a ton yeah and you can and a lot of that was actually kept in the movie also yeah so when they contacted you about being in the lion king i mean how did you first yeah, Do you remember on. the first time you saw it, the original? Both of your stories. How did that happen, first of all? Uh, I got a random call from my agent saying John Favreau wants you to do Timon and the Lion King, and I, I was shocked. I didn't know even what that meant. I was like, is that Disney on ice? Like, <laughs> what, what is that going to be? That would have been great. Uh, which I would have done, yeah, actually. Exactly. <laughs> um, I was shocked. I was honored. Uh, it's very flattering. And then I, I found out Seth in that same call was going to do Pumbaa. 
and uh, Seth sent me a DM on Twitter with just ten exclamation yeah. <laughs> uh, as our as our first correspondence about it, and uh, it was thrilling. It was amazing. So no audition required. You just offered the role. Boom. I did not audition. How cool is that? Yeah, thank okay. God. I probably wouldn't have gotten it. Yes. <laughs> so, Seth, in, is there a pass the parcel of names confirmed that helps get other people on board? Um, did you get? Did you I'm get sure the Beyonce? Beyonce found out we were on. <laughs> exactly. She, I'm <laughs> sure she was like, "Who's her. on board? Seth, yeah. Billy? Okay, I think I'll." By the way, that it. might yeah. be true. You I, never I, know. I, I, I'm confident it's not. <laughs> it, is. it might be in your mind. I would go with that. The U.S. premiere was last week. You've probably been to a screening as well. What I want to know is when you guys turn up to these premieres and you walk the carpet, you go into the cinema. Do you sit and watch the movie again, or do yeah. you sneak out a side door? No, we watched both. We watch uh, it. Yeah. We're big fans of our own work. So what's, so. Your, what's your favorite bit in the movie? The Circle of Life is incredible. I mean, I grew up just listening to the music. So all the musical performances, I think, are very elevated from the original, like, um, especially, you know. Um, and so, yeah, the music in the movie is really incredible. Wait, yeah. where'd you, so when you, do you both live in LA, Los yep. Angeles? Yeah. Okay, so when you're going to work to work on this, you drive from home, yep. you have yeah. breakfast at home, yep. normally, and then you, you go to where? Which lot where? The journey, where? The- um, it was a lot that was built in kind of uh, West Los Angeles. It was a giant, uh, like, studio that was essentially built for the making of built this movie. for the Lion King. Yeah, where they had all the animals and they had screening rooms and um, they had their whole like virtual set set up and there was recording uh, booths where we would record our dialogue. And what together. was a day, what, what is a day like on this movie? What time do you get there? How long do you stay for? What's kind the of, atmosphere like? It varies. Uh, the first day was very unusual yeah. because we were expecting a very traditional voiceover day where you come with your script and you put it on a music stand, <laughs> you stand yeah. next to each other, you say the lines a few times and you go home. But John had put together this like black box theater situation. Yeah. And there were cameras all around the perimeter. There were microphones hanging everywhere. And at one point, he had us throw down the scripts and had Seth and I improvise the entire movie. The entire movie. movie. No (laughs) way! Literally, scene by scene. He's like, okay, now you found... How how long did that take? A couple of hours or something. We did over the course, and we did a few times. We did it a few times, and a lot especially in our first scene when we first discover Simba, a lot of those lines are from that day, from yeah. that session. They used it in the movie. Thank uh, you for coming in. You're thank amazing. You thank you God so much. God bless you. Thank you. Namaste. 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 The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q, Virgin Radio. Who's next, please, Vassos? In the news this morning, Snow Patrol bagging the most played track of the 21st century so far with Chasing Cars. Now they're working on new music and have just released the first track of their 25th anniversary celebrations. It's the world's loveliest frontman, Snow no patrols, sensational Gary Lightbody. Good morning, Gary. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, very nice well, meet, how are nice you? Nice to see you, Chris. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> and see you and everything else. So, Gary, are you are you still gonna purport not to have known about the fact that Chasing Cars would be voted, or, or actually, it's not been voted as it has become the most played song of the 21st century so far? The very morning you come in here to tell us about your new stuff, did you not know about? No, that? no, we didn't. We di- we didn't know until a few days ago. Um, it was the PPL had their 85th anniversary sort of celebrations last night and they gave out a few awards and that was one of them, the most played track of the 21st century. And, and you know, <laughs> let's just be absolutely clear about this so far. You know, there's another 81 years to go. Yeah, but you'd, you'd take the first 19 years, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> We'd take the first 19 years, no bother. Like, absolutely. We're absolutely delighted, yeah. Okay, but it didn't make it to number one. And earlier on, Rachel and I were discussing the fact that, do you think he'll swap uh, not making it to number one for the most played century, most played track of the century so far? And we, we thought you'd be we happy thought you'd be, ha- be, be all right with that. Yeah, we've never had a number one. We had a number one um, vicariously through Leona Lewis. Leona Lewis's cover of Run got to number one. So that's the only, <laughs> not the only time one of our songs has been at number one. Okay, so 25 years in the business, 25 years? 25 years since the band, since the band started. Um, okay. And I was at Dundee University, 1994. Tell us about that, that not that moment, because it wouldn't have been a specific moment, but that time. I was 18. I was uh, all I wanted to do was start a band as soon as I got to university. On the first day at Dundee in Scotland, I met somebody um, from Belfast, <laughs> Mark McClellan, who I started Perfect. Snow Patrol with. So I went to I went to Scotland to start a Northern Irish band. Perfect. And uh, were you any good then? No. 
So, so how proficient were you at, at instruments or vocalizing or like writing I mean, lyrics? I immediate, pretty much, I got a few guitar lessons when I was maybe sort of 13, 14. I didn't, li- I didn't particularly like the lessons. Um, so I took the chords that I learned in those lessons and I started writing songs pretty much immediately. Um, and they were very, very bad songs for a long time. Some and people you, might argue they still are. No, they don't. <laughs> and, and were you called Snow Patrol straight away? No, we were caught. Co- <laughs> Oh, oh, here we go. This is good already. Oh, <laughs> oh god, we were called Shrug, which is the worst name for a band ever, because it literally is the universal symbol for meh. <laughs> um, and uh, and then we were called Polar Bear, and there was a band already called Polar Bear, which we didn't know about, and they threatened to sue us, and uh, that's when we became Snow Patrol. So why Shrug and why Polar Bear? Well, I um, I'm not sure about Shrug. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of the time. But um, the, um, the, so the, funny. the polar bear, mainly because I like polar bears, they're big and cuddly, but they'll rip your face off. And I like that. Okay. <laughs> I like that sort of dichotomy. That's like a, a Paul Heaton song, isn't it? Um, which one? Well, no, all of them, because the, <laughs> because the, because if you if you listen to the melody, they, they look like it. It looks. It sounds like a polar bear might look, but if you hear the lyrics, it's the got a bit of bite. Polar, got a bit, a bit, of bite bit more than a bit of bite. Yeah. And that's what I love about his, the way he writes songs. Okay, so Snow Patrol. Uh, time won't go slowly. Uh, this is a new offering. This is the beginning of what? This is the. Um, this is kind of our because it's twenty five years. Where we decided to, uh, even though we brought an album out last year, we decided to bring another record out this year. Um, but. Most of it, some of it's new songs like Time Won't Go Slowly, but most of it is re, reworkings of old songs. Um, we did a tour 10 years ago called the Rework Tour, and it's kind of the 10th anniversary of that. It's the 25th anniversary of our of our you know beginning. And uh, we wanted to kind of um, sort of mark that by looking back over some, some old songs and record them in a way that we would do it now um, and see if uh, we, we coughed up any gold. And uh, they, some of them sound really, really great. Are you going to play some live gigs that we can go to? Because Rachel and I have never seen Snow Patrol live. Well, because we're stupid. Well, <laughs> yeah. Because we have been alive whilst you've been gigging. I remember I was alive last year and you were gigging then. My brother was at your gig in Ward Park. He and you were alive amazing. at the same time, weren't you? Yeah. I and you didn't gone go. over. So uh, I wouldn't. Say, I'd say this very. I'm very. So you're stupid. Yeah, I'll I'm very that. stupid. Vasus, I don't know where you're on the stupid. Very Snow stupid. Patrol. Also, very stupid. Have not seen you live apart from when you. Played in the studio. But Paul McCartney yeah. that day, I remember that. Yes. Uh, so- <laughs> that, was, that wasn't stressful at all. <laughs> well, he's all right. Um, so when do you play next? When can we come and see you? Um, well, there'll be shows announced soon where we're going to be well, announce them now. Announce them now. Come on, <laughs> yeah. you know what they're going to be. You no, know I don't. What, I, yes, I, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I do. Yeah, you're right, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like to say. What do you mean you know? You're at school. The, no, no, I mean. <laughs> you're the least <laughs> seen <laughs> Snow Patrol. You can say when Snow Patrol's gigs are. <laughs> that is very true. That is Come very on, true. Man. Have you ever fe- have you ever got the feeling you're being manipulated? That's not manipulation. It's one ground up to another. Well, um, this one there'll, be, there'll, be one shows, gr- there'll be shows in at the towards the end of the year for uh, sure in the UK. What dates would they be and where? Um, there'll be shows in London <laughs> in November, December. Yay! That's the right, isn't it? Okay, big venues, theatrical venues. Where are we going? Theatrical venues. Yeah. Okay, so what? So in between intimate and arena. In between intimate and arena, <laughs> yeah, we're not. No, 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 no. I actually don't want to know where. I just want to know what kind of what kind of time we're in for. That's all. That. It, yeah, it'll 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 be something uh, that covers the the twenty five years of the band. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q. The best entertainment, all in one place. Easy on Virgin Radio. This multiple BAFTA winning comedian yes. has sold more than thirty million children's <laughs> books worldwide. That's Had them today. translated into fifty three <laughs> languages and. And top the Sunday Times bestseller chart four times. Well, it was once, actually. <laughs> once. Just about. Here to tell us about his new outrageous short stories in the world's worst teachers, it's the delightful David Wallace. Good morning. Good morning. Never been called delightful, but thank well, you. what a surprise. Um, <laughs> so, David, now I have actually do many things on the air. I've hijacked you on the air, but then you have done them all yes, for us. And t- don't course. Don't tell me you didn't have a great time doing them. I did have a great time. I was interviewed by some chefs. Yes, do you remember that? I do, I do. I, I didn't know disco. who most of them were. Yes. But um, the man from Bake Off was there, do you remember? Paul Hollywood. Paul Hollywood, there. yeah. There's, that was at my pub. Yes. And uh, that night raised over a million quid, so thank you. And you my, were, you my were, you absolute were... pleasure. I only took 50% of that as a fee. <laughs> you are hilarious. I like to do a lot for charity. So Kirsty's obviously a very good friend. I like Kirsty a lot. <laughs> obviously. Um, and I can't help feeling that the, 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 
emotions are reciprocated. Oh, absolutely, it's delightful. I thought you were never going to let go. I thought oh. there was, I thought okay, well, oh, obviously they can book a room. The shard, you could take her up the shard oh. if you like. Do you want to take her up the shard? That'd be lovely. No, because that sounds rude, Chris. <laughs> it's it? very early. Does it sound rude? <laughs> Only you your... play the Pet Shop Boys on 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 this radio station. Do we play the Pet Shop Boys? Yes, yes, we do. Will you play them this morning for me, please? Absolutely, hundred percent. Thank you. Was that your first dance? You and Kirsty's first dance. Where were you? When did you? When? Did, how did you meet? When did well, you meet? we actually did a, a corporate event together. Oh, that sounds um, exciting. Well, it was actually <laughs> because uh, it was for like Land Rover. Jaguar. Jaguar. JLR. So. JLR. And uh, oh, we know each other through other friends as well. So she's so wonderful. Did, did, you, did you hit it off straight away, as they yes, say? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And have you been out together since then? <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking for? No, we've just, what? we just bump into each other. I haven't Chris. found what I'm looking for. I still, we just, we just bump <laughs> in. still haven't found what I'm looking for. We just bump into each other, Chris. Right. On the showbiz circuit. Have you been out? Have you been out as pals? Yeah. Have you been away together on holiday with your families? <laughs> no. Well, there's something to look forward to. <laughs> Where would you like to go? I'd, I'd like to. I like to go places in the UK. Have you booked anywhere yet this year? Yeah, I'm going to go to Cornwall. You could, sometimes you go and stay with Elton, though, don't you, in France? Yes, I do, but I wasn't going to mention that. I sort of wanted to sound relatable. <laughs> but you've sort of blown that. Comedians do that a lot. Comedians are really wary of you saying that they've got any money. And that they, you know, this is, a, this is when they're on. To, not you, this is not David, by the way. But some comedians come on the show, right? And I love them to death, right? And they go, oh, don't say that. People think, not in that accent, obviously. <laughs> Don't, don't know what that accent <laughs> was. We've got no clue who Go you mean. Perfect, perfect. Don't, so, don't mention that. Don't mention that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Where are they from? So they say, don't mention, don't mention this. You know, because, you know, I say, but you, you're on to promote a 47-day arena tour. I think people might have an inkling that you've got a few quid. It's all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, anyway, on to your children's book. Yeah. Uh, right, which is <laughs> The World's Worst Teachers. Yes. Okay, now... Um, I have uh, children who've bought this book. They bought it. They, they can't... That's reassuring to know that they bought <laughs> well, it. Well, for you, yes. right? But I'm thinking, well, he's bound to be on the show plugging it. Why can't they wait till I get the free copies? And uh, so... They, well, I've, I've signed them copies I know you anyway, have. And I told so... them, you'd, I said, look, he'll bring in signed copies. No, but we've already read it. We've already bought it. They bought one each, uh, No, and Eli. And uh, they've got questions for you. Okay, About wonderful. your book. David Williams, the world's worst teachers. Here comes question number one from Noah Nicholas Martin. David... Have you sat in the chair of a thousand farts? So one of the stories is about, <laughs> just to put it in context, is about a science teacher called Dr. Dredd. Yes. And one of the things he does to punish the children, he makes them sit in his chair, which the children call the chair of a thousand farts. Um, I, pro <laughs> I probably have. Actually, when we did Britain's Got Talent, we sat there for so long oh. that inevitably... Is that where you got the, the worst, idea from? worst happens. Simon Cowell is really sensitive to bad smell. <laughs> but Amanda Holden says that he's often letting one go. Well, he's, he's of an age, isn't he? I mean, he's of an age. Yeah. That's the thing. He no, he is he of an age. He can't hold him in anymore. Nor can How I. Old is he's it? actually going to be. <gasps> he's going to be sixty this year. You become more flatulent as you get older, um, and uh, because because it's about your digestive system. It's, it's about that. You get you a bit looser. You become you? more bloated. You get looser. Mm. Gravity has taken more of a hold than you'd like it to. Etc. 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 Very intellectual. This show. Isn't no, it? I hope that was the answer you were looking for, sweetheart. <laughs> Okay, we have question number two from Eli. Eli. How is Eli? He's very, he's very well actually. <laughs> You've got to catch up with Eli soon. He's got so much to tell you. Okay. Okay. Eli is seven. Uh, David knows him well. Um, in fact, David took over um, this show uh, when we were broadcasting live from the Hay Literary Festival, uh, so I could attend Eli's birth. I didn't get paid a penny. <laughs> no. Uh, Let but me you, say that. But you did agree to be his godfather, and not once has he received a birthday card from. Yeah. Really? Hang on. When was that? You agreed to be his godfather. Did I win? On, on the show. On the I show, don't... of course. Well, I don't remember that. Everything's on the show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you agreed to give well, me all your to... money I on the show. To... Did you not know that you're godfather? <laughs> no, no idea. Never heard that before in my life. <laughs> no, I just made it up. Oh. Oh. Okay, so anyway, here we go. Eli has a question for you about David Williams, the world's worst teachers out now. You've talked about awful aunties and demon dentists. What's next on your hit list? 
Uh, who else is on my hit list? Well, it was really fun doing The World's Worst Teachers. Previously, I'd done these books, The World's Worst Children. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. short stories. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to be really fun, mm-hmm. especially for reluctant readers. Loads of pictures, loads of jokes. So I would quite like to do The World's Worst Parents. Well, see, now, next. I thought you'd done that. No, I hadn't. I know, then I checked and I thought, and I, see, I saw that you hadn't. I thought, well, that's got to be there, hasn't that it? That could be the next book. Well, I don't know, the... like The World's Worst uh, Lollipop Ladies. Ooh. They probably couldn't find enough different stories. Or, what no offence to Lollipop the Ladies. World World's worst ice cream vendors. Mm. No, yeah, just giving it a go. I'm just uh, all you're I'm doing, just riffing now, aren't I'm you? I'm just giving it a go. It's all I'm. Hey, doing. Chris, while we're on air, why don't you write the book for me? Yeah, for charity. Not again. Seriously. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q, Virgin Radio. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We've heard from three guests already, but there's loads more still to come. Ainsley Harriet chats his new cookbook and brings some explosive rum cake into the studio for us to survive. Dr. David Whitehouse takes us behind the scenes with his new book, Apollo 11, The Inside Story. And YouTube sensation Alfie Days joins us ahead of his 10-year anniversary of creating videos online. All that and more, but first, Vassos, who's next? From strutting her stuff on the catwalk to wading through offal in the jungle, you'd think this TV and radio presenter had done it all, but now she's turning her talents to the podcast and today launches a new series called... Things I Told My Daughter. Please welcome <laughs> the lovely Lisa Snowden. Good morning, Hello. Lisa. Hi. How are you? I'm really good. I love being in the studio. It's nice, isn't oh, it? It's lovely. Okay, top of the tower, 17th floor, top of the news tower, overlooking Air Tower We can now once again see the Isle of Dogs. I didn't want to say this before, but it disappeared for a while. It was so foggy earlier on after all this glorious weather. Anyway, uh, Lisa, just to remind people if they don't know of your qualifications behind a microphone, you're your hours, as it were, your flying hours behind a microphone. So it was almost eight years hosting mm. the breakfast show. Okay. I, it was seven and a half, but I just say eight. And this it is just, yeah, on, so that was on a I, hit radio show. A hit radio show, London's number one radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I know your hours and I know how it feels, everybody. Oh, um, so. And Thursdays are always really exciting because you just got one more day and then you're like, yeah. <laughs> It's the weekend. The world. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, uh, the, uh, so the world of podcasting. Yeah, it's right. a whole new world for it me. It is. So t- tell us about your journey into it and where you are now. Well, the series um, is an eight-part series. It launches today. It's, going, it's gone live now. And it's um, famous daughters and their mummies. And it's just so nice because it's you just you never really get the mums with the daughters and just sort of like talking through their lives and how it's been when they were growing up and then maybe the lows and the highs of their careers and whatnot. Um, So it's just like a really nice little intimate chat. And we usually do it in a place that's relevant to them, like somewhere that's special. Um, but the last one I did with Deborah James was in the Talk Sports studio. And I have to say, I love being in the studio. <laughs> so you've been here before? I've been here before. All oh, right, yes. okay. Here is Lisa on her own podcast. We're a nation obsessed with our favourite celebs. And the less they share with us, the more we want to know. Every week in Fabulous Magazine, we talk to our most loved female celebs, whether it's about fashion, beauty or more personal matters. Now, we're going one step further with a series of intimate and tell-all conversations. Laying bare our biggest behind-closed-doors moments, this brand-new podcast lays tribute to the people who were there throughout all of life's ups and downs. That's very alluring, that intro. Is that the first time you heard it back? I thought it might be. (laughs) Wow, what's this music? It's all very like... It is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a bit PPI, the music. We need to change that. (laughs) Note to self. Okay, I'll tell the producers. So it's in conjunction with Fabulous Magazine. It is in conjunction with Fabulous Magazine, exactly. So you're bringing it to life. Bringing it to life. Okay, so so you're you're chatting to famous mums and their daughters. Yeah. Uh, what kind of different subjects uh, between the different uh, sets of families do you get into? Uh, is it 
does their characters shine through their different characters shine through from from what they talk about yeah absolutely and it's just so nice to sort of see the mums with their daughters and see the dif- the similarities and the characteristics and um so for example vicky patterson is our first guest yeah. and she talks about stuff that's never really been spoken about before when she was in geordie shore and there was a whole nightclub incident and it was all got quiet and you know it was her mum and her like chatting together and they got really emotional and they're like we've never spoken about this before so it sort of gets into the nitty-gritty of what was happening and it was almost like a therapy session i mean it was it was amazing and i always leave there feeling quite emotional because i feel really blessed that i've been witness to that sort of conversation really by the way great cast list here edith bowman kimberly walsh and and faye toza yeah well done really good girls you know who i really want i want twiggy I want Twiggy and her daughter Carly. Well, I'm sure you're going to get them. Mm. I mean, so you you hear so many people at launch podcasts now, and with the greater and I won't name any names, so it doesn't matter. But you think that's not going to work, and mm. it does. They usually don't. You think, you know, there's going to be a lot of effort here. You're going to waste some money. It's not going to work, and that's not like me to say that. But because I because I'm around this world, you think. Yeah. But this one, you go, no, mums and daughters. No, that's going to work, and also they love a chat. Yeah. And they'll want to meet up with you for a cup of tea. You know yeah. a lot of these people I know as them. well. I know they're friends, so it just it just feels very natural, and we're just like literally hanging out. That's a great format. Has this been done anywhere by anyone no, else in the world? It hasn't. It hasn't. Oh my goodness me! But you better do something about that I know, I know. because you'll get the American you. <laughs> talking to the American them, won't I know. You? Can't, yeah. you, can't you just sort this? I feel like I need to go over there now. You like need to Demi go, Moore literally. And, you know, there's, there's such an untapped world of fabulous mums and daughters. Can you protect that or do you just have to give it away? Laws of abundance and just I, 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 I don't know. I'm going to ask you that advice. I just don't know. I don't know how you could do it. Mm. Um, things I tell my... I suppose you could do... That if you, you've, That's your name, isn't it? Things yeah. I tell my daughter. No, so you could probably protect it, I would imagine. Yeah. But this is fantastic, yeah. isn't it? So it's like advice that they've given them throughout Rachel the years. Horn, uh, Rachel Horn, Rachel Rainbow. Yes, yes. <laughs> would, okay. your, would your mum be up for that? My mum likes to chat. Does she? Yeah. So you you could... could get my wife and um, our daughter. Yes. Uh, but Boo is only 10 months old. Hmm. She might be young. Our youngest ever guest is Deborah James's daughter, Eloise, and she was not. She's nine, and that was amazing. That was a really good. Are these all in the can? Yeah. Okay, and they drop once a week. Yep, every Thursday. Every Thursday. Mm -hmm. What time? Um, Well, it's it's launched this morning at seven a.m. It's gone live. Right. You can get it on all of your usual sort of areas, so Spotify, Acast, and your Apple Podcast as well. What What a lineup for your first one. This is going to work. It's going to work. It's definitely going to work. The podcast with eight parts. Upcoming guests include Bianca and Cheryl Gascoigne, Kirsty Galler, and her mum Edith. Bowman and her mum or daughter? Yes, her mum. Mum. Kimberly, Kimberly Walsh and? Her mummy. Her mum. Yep. And Fatos and? Her mum. Okay, so you, you always go it's, up with the mums. It's mostly mums, except for Deborah James, we're with her daughter. Right, okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All good, my friend. Thank All you so very good. Much. Lisa Snowden on fire on her brand new podcast, Things I Tell My Daughter, available from wherever you get your podcasts from. Well done, Lisa. Thank you, lovely. Lovely to see you. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q. The best entertainment all in one place. Easy on Virgin Radio. He's been tickling our taste buds for two decades, singing and dancing as a Calypso twin and even been head chef at Lord's. Now he's rustling up his first book in seven years, proving there's more to Caribbean cooking than jerk chicken. Ready? Steady. It's Ainsley Harriet. Morning, Ainsley. Good morning. All right, Ainsley's Caribbean Kitchen. Um, It's got the uh, summariest looking cover of any cookbook I've ever seen. I'm presuming that's you. That's not a standard. No, that's definitely me. You're looking gorgeous. On a beach, I think, in uh, somewhere like, uh, ooh, I think that's Antigua. I was going to ask you where it was. Yeah. All right, okay, so uh, 80 recipes. Uh, you brought something in with you. Mm. Um, what, what do we? I mean, that is a work of perfection and beauty. What is it? Thank you very much indeed. This is the butter rump cake, oh, which is also uh, 187 on, in the book. It's wonderful. It's one of those kind of cakes that are just moist and succulent and you just want more and more of it and uh, you can have it any time of the day, really. Okay, but I'm looking say... at butter rump cake in your book here. Uh, so we have uh, we have the recipe, we have all the ingredients, uh, but we have some accessorising, which d- yours is a little... The one you brought in is a little plainer. I'm not complaining, by the way. It's yeah. a little plainer, unless you have also brought in the right. accessorisation, and he has! Ah, uh, yes! Okay, a little bit of topping. <laughs> what is the topping? Uh, a little bit of chop walnut. All right, OK. So now it looks like it is in the book. All right, that's Beautiful. cool. Beautiful, look that at that. That is so cool. Oh, my word. Shake it off. Right, now... Look at that, see, that's absolutely <laughs> Because that is so perfect and beautiful, yes. I would be worried about trying to make that. And also, because it's consistency, it's not quite a cake, and it's not quite a sponge. Mm. It's something in between. Mm. Yes? 
Well, I t- I've got to say to you, here we are. This is the drizzle. That's the rum butter drizzle going on there now. Just oh, my allow a little bit of that to go on there. <laughs> it's another thousand calories. Oh, I know. Just slap it on them thighs, Chris. <laughs> and I've got. <laughs> And I've got to say that, uh, yeah, people look at things like this because it just does look so wow. It's got the wow factor. The reality, it is so simple to make. It's just like making a basic sponge. You pour it into your bunce dish or your your beautiful fluted uh, cake tin and... An hour later, it comes out of the oven and you tip it out and there it is. And then you make that lovely glaze and sort of just pour that on the top afterwards. How much rum is in there? Um, One or two cup in there. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on the size of your cup, of course. Now, Rachel, you love to bake. Do you love to You ever had a go at something like this? No, I haven't. I haven't had the bravery to have a go at that. So it's moist. How how closely related to a rum bar bar might this be? Um, A rum bar bar is a little bit softer. I would say a little right. bit more sort of it's almost you know one of those things that you had with your kebab when you came back late at night yeah, wasn't yeah. it then rum and it would just squash down in your mouth this doesn't this mm. has a bite this this comes back to and says mm, I want another one alright so um, here's what I do here's what I do from your book okay uh, take a look at this book online Ainsley's Caribbean Kitchen okay it is it is summer in a book okay mm. butterflied lamb in jerk butter with pumpkin chutney <laughs> that has got me written all over it I think if you look closer you'll actually see my name somewhere there <laughs> that is right up my street I love that oh there's a little bit of Evans under that lamb that, that lamb oh goodness <laughs> me jerk butter can we make our own jerk butter of course you can tell us about jerk, that uh, jerk butter well, you know, jerk is very much a case of bringing all those wonderful spices that we associate with the Caribbean together. And you're just literally blending. And, of course, there's a sweetness to some of those spices, too. When you start having things like allspice, yeah. and you start putting it in. The, yes, we've got the scotch bonnet pepper. But then you start blending it, and then you start sort of melting the butter down and putting it together. And then you spread that. That goes onto your meat. As the lamb is cooking, you're spreading that beautiful jerk butter, butter onto your meat, and it drizzles down. And it's, it's creating that little bit of uh, smoke and spitting this, which is, contributes to the flavour of when, you know, when you're char grilling something. All right, here we go. What, mm. what is it? One more time, Ainsley, for people who've just tuned in. What this, are we being treated the, to now? Uh, we are being treated to a rum butter cake, which really doesn't take that long to cook. A lot of people look at this cake and think, wow, it looks okay. wildly extravagant. Ainsley Harriet plating up live. But He's it plating actually, up. actually only takes an hour to bake. And once it comes out, you allow it to rest. And then we pour on that delicious rum butter glaze sauce which just brings it to life uh-huh. it's made with some uh, we've got some walnuts in there oh. nibbed walnuts mm-hmm. and it's naughty <laughs> it? it is <laughs> naughty okay that is delicious. does this give us a chance of catching up with christian mm. does it no only just oh. okay hang on a second wow that is lovely it's definitely naughty mm. oh it's naughty you naughty <laughs> naughty boy <laughs> let me join the naughtiness go on off you go can I, still, <laughs> can I still ride my motorbike home after one scoop of that? It's touching. Be very careful. It's touching. Go, blimey, all right? Look, he's even laughing himself. You know there's too much rum in that, don't no, you? I promise you. 200 ml, no, no more than no, that. No, you're choking, aren't you? Daisy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for being here. Oh, Ainsley, I love you Harriet, all. Come thank on you very now. much. Okay, his book is out now. It's brilliant. It is summer in a book. And it is Ainsley's Caribbean Kitchen. Delicious, feel-good cooking from the Sunshine Islands. So, by the way, ITV, if you're listening, come on. Ready to ready cook live, back, 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 as soon as you can get it on the air. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q, Virgin Radio. 600 million people around the world watched as Neil Armstrong stepped onto the moon. Our next guest, then a young boy, was one of them. He's since had an asteroid named after him and his new book, Apollo 11, The Inside Story, explores the 60s space race. It's the brilliant Dr. David Whitehouse. Good morning, David. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Congratulations on an amazing book. I've started to read it. I can't wait to read all of it. Um, so 50 years ago today, where were you and how old were you? I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the, the launch. 
Uh, but I do remember the night of the landing because right. it was a Sunday night. You know, I think we had three channels, black and white television, <laughs> low resolution. BBC had the Apollo moon desk uh-huh. with James Burke, Clifford Mitchell Moore and uh, Patrick Moore. ITV, on the other hand, had entertainment throughout the night with the occasional bit of science. Magicians, David Nixon, Lenny the Lion, all the... Right. <laughs> Ken Dodd, very different. And uh, they landed on the moon. And um, they were initially meant to go to sleep. Well, how do you go to sleep when you've just landed on the moon? Tell us, tell us about that. I didn't know about that. They, they were initially a rest period. The, the landing on the moon was the big deal. Right. The, the moonwalk was secondary. Mm. And the, when Armstrong took over control of the spacecraft at about 150 metres above the surface, they were heading for disaster. They're heading into a field of boulders the size of cars and, and, and houses. They couldn't land there. If they'd tried, they would have died. And he was flying for his life. And the last couple of minutes of Armstrong flying the eagle towards a f- flat spot and putting it down must rank as the most amazing, remarkable bit of aviation piloting right. in the history of the See, world. See, I didn't know any of this, and this is why this new film's amazing, isn't it? Apollo Eleven uh, goes a lot. Goes, you know, it's, it's out at the same time as your book, and people can watch it. I'm going to watch it tonight because you can buy it on Sky Store. I didn't know you could do that until yeah. uh, we started covering the story this morning. So, so that was. It could be. It's the most infamous um, uh, excerpt of evasive action. That, that, that aviation has ever seen, because it was a base of action, wasn't it? He did. He took over. He didn't switch the computer off completely mm. because they needed the computer to keep the eagle steady. But the nerve and the concentration, and he, he told me afterwards, he said, he said uh, when they called out 30 seconds, fuel remaining, yep. he knew it was 45, 50 seconds because there's always a bit in the tank that <laughs> sloshes <laughs> around. That's you know, <laughs> what we all think on the A4, isn't <laughs> it? Exactly, exactly. We can get to the and, next BP station. And when, he said, when they got to within 15 seconds of that, right. although they were still 40 or 50 feet above the surface, he knew he'd got it because the gravity on the moon is so slight six of the Earths, that he could fall from quite a height if he ran out of fuel and still survive. Right. But it was still the most... Nobody, obviously, nobody had done that before. Right, it now, was remarkable. What's the story about who was supposed to be first to set foot on the moon? Now, this, this is a good story because um, initially, NASA, when they, when they chose the Apollo 11 crew and they were set up to do the first landing attempt, didn't say who was to be the first person to walk on the moon. Right. The, Armstrong was the commander, uh, and uh, Buzz Aldrin was told by somebody at NASA and egged on by a few journalists, and particularly by his father, who was always going on at him to be the first, the best, and that's a theme through his life. And Aldrin assumed he would do it because, uh, and the Starship Enterprise, Captain Picard stays on the bridge, and the number one does the, <laughs> does the away mission. It's always the commander who stays in charge. Um, but eventually... Um, NASA didn't want Aldrin to be the first person to walk on the moon. He was too brash. He was too in-your-face. He would yeah. have been Captain America. They wanted Armstrong because he was, he was an introvert. He would hold the post with dignity and reticence. Yeah. Uh, and, and so eventually uh, they said to Armstrong, it's your decision. You know, what do you want to do? And Armstrong would never get into a fight. He would always, always find a way to avoid that. And eventually he went to Buzz and said, it's my decision. I'm doing it. And then NASA turned around and said, well, the reason why Armstrong is the first one out is because that's the way the hatch opens. And it would be difficult for Aldrin to walk around the hatch while Armstrong was still there. Nonsense. They could have swapped places before they put their spacesuits on. That was a solace for Buzz. They always, when they thought about it and planned it properly, wanted Armstrong to do it. So, But but Aldrin being so ambitious um, and and, and, uh, Armstrong being so sort of avoid of wanting to have any kind of conflict whatsoever, you think it would have ended up the other way around, ultimately. So how come Aldrin took this on the chin? He didn't take it on the chin. He was very upset about it. Um, In fact, um, Armstrong was approached by NASA a few months before the mission to say, do you still want Aldrin on the mission? You can have Jim Lovell. Uh, But no, he said, we're we're not a close crew, but we work well together. Uh, Buzz is fine. And Michael Collins, the other one you you didn't, you you know, you would have put the name (laughs) for, the one who stayed in orbit. I'll never forget it now. (laughs) Stayed in orbit um, and didn't see all this happening because he didn't have a television link, obviously. Later said that 
in a way, the tragedy of Buzzy's life hmm. is that he was so frustrated and annoyed at not being the first person to walk upon the moon. Yeah. He forgot the honour of being the second. You tell the story so well, and you're so enth- you're as enthusiastic now as that little 13-year-old I've boy. I've never gotten over Good it. Good for you, mate. I love it, because you, you, you speak it, you say it, you live it with joy. Uh, have you seen the film? No, I haven't yet. I've seen loads of documentaries, but I'm looking forward to this one. I am as well. OK, I'm going to carry on loving and reading your book. Apollo 11, the inside story by our guest this morning, Dr David Whitehouse, is out now. David, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you so much for being here. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q. The best entertainment all in one place. Easy on Virgin Radio. And now David Williams introduces our next guest. I am here to introduce <laughs> your next guest. After making his name through his hilarious online insta-sketches, this 31-year-old has already sold out stand-up tours, been voted funniest man in Britain by the Times, and picked up a raft of celebrity fans along the way. His new show, starting tonight at 10pm on Channel 4, incorporates everything you love about Ant and X, Saturday Night Takeaway, James Corden's Late Late Show, and even, if you can remember it, a show called <laughs> TFI. I, I've never heard of it I myself. I don't remember it. I definitely it's don't It's the latest show's magnificent host, Mo Gilligan! Good morning, Mo! Welcome to Virgin Radio, the top of the tower. Here How are you, go. Chris? You very okay? well, I'm Thank very well. Thank you for that, David. That was My lovely. Absolute pleasure. Life very is completed. That is that was lovely. You're pretty much done now, aren't you? How are you feeling? Yeah, very, very well. Uh, yeah, just looking forward to it. I'm just hoping that everyone else enjoys it as well. Okay, 10 p.m. tonight, Channel 4. I watched it this morning. Yes. I watched yeah, it this yeah, morning yeah. before we came on the air. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very, very good. Okay, it's Thank pr- you. Proper big show. Huge, huge audience. Big studio. Yes. Okay, it's one of the big ones. Where was it filmed? Uh, television Centre. Okay. Television Centre. So, so Studio yeah. 7? Uh, I think it... I just know. The big one. Okay, it, it's, <clears> it's the old big one that it's still there that B, the BBC used to own but they don't anymore, but they're going to rent it back off the people they sold it to. Hurrah! Anyhow, um, you, have a, you have a house band? Yes, so I have the house band, a uh, band called Composers. Okay. They support various acts in the UK, like um, Jay Haas, uh, Coffee at the moment. Yeah. They do sell out arenas, so that was very important to get them on the show okay, to showcase so, how so good they are It's a massive audience uh, yes. with Coldplay-style flashing rib ba- wristbands. Yes. Because uh, I love those. Yeah. Who doesn't love uh, those? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you, 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 have, um, you also have... He has this thing, Dave, which I've never seen before. You have a, a huge uh, flat-screen floor television. Yeah. So is, I've seen it, so explain yeah, yeah, to people yeah. what I'm talking about. So uh, basically we have the performance area, which is the floor. So the main floor you come into. Um, and then to the right, where our sofas is, it's basically a floor, which is a TV. It's so brilliant. we can have, you know, when people are, you know, when people are often talking about stuff, you know, I was on this film, we can show it on the TV and it looks amazing on the camera. Because there isn't like a little small TV that you have to do like a little green screen. You've just yeah. got it there on the floor. So, so what you do is what they do in the studios for the listener, for the viewers at home. They cut to a top shop, a top yeah. camera of you. So we see your mm-hmm. head, and because you are actually on your big flat, yeah. flat, flat, not flat screen. It's a flat floor TV. It's a flat floor it's screen brilliant. TV. And then you, yeah. can, you can turn it by stamping your feet. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, interactive. It's, all, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I need to do stuff with like change music, you, you stamp the feet and. Changes music. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's a bit like that scene in in Big with Tom Hanks, but like a million times better. Than yeah, now. yeah, it's yeah. A bit like, and you can yeah. cut up anything. You can cut up live pictures, uh, pictures yeah. of the audience, pictures of uh, audience clips from people's TV shows, which yeah, is cool yeah, yeah. and funky. And then halfway through the show, you get onto this thing where you get all your guests up. Mm-hmm. And tonight you've got Tyson Fury on, Tyson Fury, and yeah. Jesse J Jesse and Steve J. Coogan on, yeah. and and you get them all to play a game. And this yes. is brilliant. So the game is gone. The show. game is okay. called uh, Nursery Grimes. So it was inspired by. Uh, my my dad. So my dad used to sing like a nursery rhyme, and my dad's a Rastafarian, so he'd you know like sing it in like a reggae twist, for example. So um, when I done a Russell Howard show, I, I sh- you can see it on YouTube um, to describe what my dad used to do. So that inspired me for this game. Um, and so so what did you do on Russell's show? Give us a bit of yeah. That. Go on. So um, on the show, it was like um, so I was like you know my dad's a Rastafarian, so when your dad's a Rastafarian, your nursery sounds right sounds a little bit like this, and then this reggae song comes in, so it's like. So it's like, old MacDonald, he have a farm. He have, I can't say at this time what he had on the farm, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah, and that, that that just inspired me for for the for the TV show. Really, I just thought, how fun is it? 
you know, everyone knows a nursery rhyme. Plus, you don't have to pay for it because it's copyright free. Um, Most <laughs> yeah. Is your dad on the show at any point? He's not on the show because my dad lives in St. Lucia now. Okay. So he's not on the show. Um, but he but... could appear on your, on your flat floor telly, couldn't he? Oh, live. yeah. It, just it could be a live link. Two stamps and, and he'd be on the TV. So, <laughs> yeah. But it was just I, my, my thing was when people come on the show, I want them to look really cool. I don't want to embarrass anyone or anything. So You um, could learn a lesson yeah, from yeah. that. <laughs> I, I think it's too late to last, David. I do it in my bedroom just for fun. Yeah. Um, so I'll put on a grime track and do, I don't know, you know, the Okie Koki or something just as a bit of fun. So I just thought, how fun if we had a real band and people performed it. Steve Coogan's one is tonight is, yeah, so can is we play really that? good. Can we play that? Yeah, yeah, if we, yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah, think yeah. actually we just push it all out there because I know, <laughs> I know, you, I know this is all tonight on your show, but I just want people to hear how funny yeah, it is so yeah, they, yeah, so they yeah, tune yeah. in. Yeah. We don't have to play; it's up to you. No, no, actually, a Steve Coogan one. I, I'd rather you wait to see it because it, it for me, it even surprised me. That you, if you watch it tonight, you'll see my face. I'm like, this is really good. This is. I know. Well, yeah. he, he can do it, can't he, Steve Coogan? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. That's he the just thing. switched it on. It was yeah, it was really fun. All right, and then you, then you have a little go goggle box, and well, beforehand you have a go go mm-hmm. goggle box. So, so at the moment, Celebrity Goggle Box is on just before your show tonight, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's at nine o'clock. And then yeah. you, <laughs> so then you just yeah. introduce all your own characters. In goggle box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we, and we can't really do any of those now, can we? Yeah, well... Not, um, can we? No, not because... Not really. Not really, because the programme they're watching. So the programme they're watching is... is um, Naked Attraction. Uh, Naked Attraction. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's how it begins. Can't so, re- yeah, I have yeah. a selection of characters that I do, like a geezer, you know, Roadman. Yeah. Uh, we've got um, Lady from Essex, Kamani's mum. They're a bunch of characters doing Instagram. So um, a lot... That's how I, you know, I kind of gained my audience was on Instagram. So yeah. it was like a you know, 45 a show. Oh, it's all very funny. You it's know. very funny. Congratulations. Cheers. Um, Thank you very much. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q, Virgin Radio. Best, it's over to you. This young man is an entrepreneur and YouTube sensation with over 10 million 700,000 subscribers. Woo! He's had his makeup done by Ariana Grande, <laughs> accidentally ended up on a nudist beach and kayaked the length of the Thames. Please welcome the absolutely astonishing Alfie Day. Morning, Alfie. Morning, how ha- you doing? Very well. Happy anniversary to you. Thank you. Okay, 10 years as a YouTuber. Yeah, 10 years now. Okay, how Next did it, week. How did it all begin? So it started out just by like taking my little family holiday camera and putting it on a stack of books and just, I don't know, just chatting to it as if it was somebody. So it wasn't a phone, it was a camera. Yeah, it was like a little family holiday camera. Right. Okay, so so and then and then what, what did you, what did you do with that? How come you got well, onto YouTube? Well, one of my first videos was a really cool video idea. I was playing Monopoly by myself, and right. I thought I'd film it. <laughs> okay. That's just what I did. Isn't that the saddest thing? But and then what happened to that video? Uh, probably like four people watched it, and then I made another one, and then another one, and then ten years later, for some reason. Probably because I don't play Monopoly by myself anymore. People do watch now. So, so you've been at this for ten years. Who was at it yeah. before you? Who, who were the trailblazers? Uh, There's a couple of people like Charlie Sekulik, uh, Nigahiga from America. And what did they do? What kind of content did they? More like produce? scientific kind of content, really. But they were the first kind of people that were making YouTube videos regularly for an audience, not just viral cats on skateboards and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and um, so you have how many subscribers? So over ten million. Yeah, I do. Uh, and you've had over a billion views of stuff you've done. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, you, in Vassar's introduction, he said that um, you'd had your makeup uh, done by pop superstar Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. You'd kayak the Thames, and you accidentally ended up on a nudist beach. Two of those, I believe. One, I'm not sure that you accidentally <laughs> ended up on a nudist beach. <laughs> I I don't even know where these facts are from. I've done so much stuff on the internet nowadays right. that I'm just like, I don't even know. You could you could have made one up, and I'm like, yeah, probably did that. So so what was the, what was the thing that you posted that saw the biggest increase in your followers? Maybe starting. I committed to filming my life every day for four and a half years. Right. So starting that process was massive because it was just guaranteed every day at five o'clock you're going to have my previous day. Right. So that was like a video diary of. It's like the Truman Show. Yes. That was me. And so how long would the, those videos take, or how long would they probably, last for? 20, 20, 35 minutes. Oh, really? So, so these are every day. That's a long old time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you edit them or were yeah, they? Yeah, edit them myself. So, so, hang on a minute. How do you do? How do you do enough stuff in a day to them to film it and then edit it before? Surely, at the end of five, five o'clock every day, what I did today was make this video again. Yeah, so I just didn't sleep for four and a half years. That's why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> oh, right. So, uh, did you did, did you intend to call it after four and a half years, or did you want to carry on? No, or? it was more just like 
it got to the point where I wanted to be able to work on other things outside of YouTube and alongside YouTube. And I was just, I don't have the time doing this. So I gradually slowed that down. Still making three, four videos a week at the moment. Right. But just not every day. And what kind, do you, do you have a, a narrative? Do you, do you, is it consumer led? Is it adventure led? Is it travel led or? Just more my lifestyle of what I'm up to. I think I'm super fortunate where the audience are following me for me because they've known me over four and a half years now right. so it's just so what what might they get from you within the year you know within the what, year what kind of things would they get from you uh, well i film my life still a couple of times a week like my day and then uh we started a series called the secrets out which is where people anonymously submit secrets and then i've guessed and we discuss real life secrets right and that's pretty cool get into so you can sort of do what you want year on year you know yeah month after month you just yeah. change tack I mean, I've been doing it 10 years. I've got to enjoy what I'm doing. So for me, the main thing that I've got to do is create content that I'm enjoying making. How much do you think having to film your day has hijacked what you would have done if you weren't filming it? Because you, at the back of your mind, or even sometimes at the front of your mind, you think this has to make great content. So are you? Are you how much are you living for your platform as opposed to living for yourself? Yeah, amazing question. I, It's a real tricky like fine line. And more than that, I found it really hard to uh, I did a lot of things where I purposely didn't film because I'd be like oh do you want to hang out today to a friend let's go do this thing they say no and then they... <laughs> <laughs> no I don't want to be on a YouTube channel just want to like I purposely wouldn't film it because right. I thought I don't want them to think I'm trying to hang out to be able to make a good video when yeah. I do just want to see them for them do you know yeah. what I mean and then they were so disappointed because, of... you, because they weren't on oh it's a double edged sword this YouTube <laughs> thing <laughs> what a nightmare <laughs> oh god and you, 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 you raised a uh, quite a lot of money for Regenerate UK by kayaking um, along the Thames. Yeah, we kayaked a couple of weeks ago right. the entire length of the Thames from the start until the sea. How was that? Was that good fun? I've never done it. I've been in a kayak once before in my life. Uh-huh. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into, which I think was a great thing because <laughs> yeah. it was incredibly challenging and I should have done some more training, but completed it and it was unbelievable. If YouTube hadn't been invented, right, yeah. what do you think you might have become... At the age of, up to the age of 25. I probably would have eco-science. I did like chemistry, maths, biology and geography at school. Pretty different from what I'm doing now. Any mums and dads listening, um, would you encourage their children to get into YouTube broadcasting or not? I think people see it now as like a route into getting into a job. Whereas for me, this was it wasn't anybody's job when I started. It wasn't possible to earn money from doing this. It was just pure passion and right. it happened to happen. So I think... The biggest thing is just whatever you're doing, just make sure you're enjoying it. That's the key. What's in your bag? Oh, you want to know what's in my well, little bag? You're very protective of your bag. Well, well I can't not be. It's strapped to me. No, Do you want to you, have a look? You, yeah. Oh, I've actually got something quite good in here. Come on, tell us. It's the future. <laughs> he has the future in his bag. Alfie, thank you for being here. What a guest. Alfie Day's 10-year anniversary next Friday, 26th of July. YouTube.com slash Alfie Days, everyone. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky Q. The best entertainment all in one place. Easy on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.